everybody. Welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we talk about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my best friend and fellow co-host, Jose Angel. How are you? I'm doing so wonderful. You hit that on the first time. I know it's going to be a great episode. Woo! I'm <laughs> but before we get into our episode, we do have an email from our unofficial co-host, Trisha. Yay! <laughs> and she says, Jose and Katrina, like always, I have enjoyed all the episodes and I was able to tell some people about Arnold's dad being a Nazi when he came up the other day. <laughs> Thank you both for always being so informative. I just want to share some extra info on the last episode. I wanted to add conspiracy theories, but I will refrain. I hope Katrina can appreciate this because it's based off one of her covered celebrities. Oh yes, I can appreciate it. In the Rick James episode, Katrina says one of the victims of the Charles Manson murders, Jay Sebring, had invited Rick James to party the night of the tragedy. This night, it's known the Manson's followers are the ones who committed the murders. The followers include only one male and two females. It's reported that Jay Sebring and the male follower, his name escapes me, had been fighting before Jay was ultimately killed. Like Katrina said, what the fuck could have happened? Having Rick James and Jay Sebring fight the one male follower and one gun, that's all I'll say. Peace and blessings. Okay, look at her. Which me and you were thinking the other way, like what could have happened more negatively and hers is more like what if he was there and he could have almost saved them or something. Which yeah, I mean either I, way I, it's kind of horrible to think about because like, oh my god, like that would eat me alive. Yeah, yeah. Cause I was more so thinking if Rick ain't in his right mind, if this is one of those types of parties, he maybe wouldn't be worth as much as like for a defense mechanism. But like you say, you just don't fucking know. You don't know. It's crazy out here how things are just connected. Yeah. Did you happen to listen to more of Rick James after our episode? Be honest. Okay. So the thing is, I actually had planned on listening to a couple, but I ended up, I haven't listened to him yet. Maybe it's a block because he's in the library, but I did not add him into the playlist. As soon as the episode ended, I started playing Mary Jane. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You can't help yourself. I should, if anybody's playing Mary J, it should have been me. Uh, I get it. I was like, oh, this is real good. And then I listened to Super Freak. I'm like, he is doing a white voice. He is. Thank you. Okay, so you did. <laughs> She's a very thinking girl. <laughs> and the more that you listen to, you'd be like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I would have never made that connection until you pointed it out that that's what it's supposed to be. I'm like, now that's all I hear. Mm-hmm. The only song I did listen to, but it wasn't after the podcast. It was as I was doing my research, was You and I by Rick James. Because I really enjoyed that one. And I didn't even know that was off of like his first like official album. But that's one of my favorite Rick James songs. Yeah. But I didn't, I, I just, I, I, it's still, I, I still have a block. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I don't. He's dead. Damn. <laughs> But now for today's episode, so Katrina, does the name Joe Francis mean anything to you? Joe Francis? Or Joseph Francis, if we want to, you know, full name. I have a dumbass, like, way out of left field answer. This is weird. No, because you sent me clues, I feel like. I did not send you clues. Those were were clues that were throwing you off. Okay. 
So is Joe Francis the girls gone wild, dude? Son of a bitch. Oh my god, I'm so fucking smart. Jesus. I so, can't even I can't even stop myself. You are so knowledgeable with pop culture that a lot of the time I have to look in the darkest corners of pop culture <laughs> to get a story that you are not aware of. I should just let you have it because the thing <laughs> is, I literally know nothing about this man except for maybe him being bad and that he was associated with girls gone wild that's literally all i know <laughs> okay you might not know him by name but what you will know is that he's a multimillionaire because of girls gone wild mm-hmm. and to break it down in a very simplified way young college women that would flash the camera their breast how do you feel about girls gone wild oh lord talk about Memories. <laughs> Did you see it as bid fun? Was it mutually beneficial? Were these women being exploited? I think I, back as a, as a child, I don't think I gave much thought about it because, you know, the whole normalized thing of Jerry Springer, the whole Jerry beads and all this other stuff. So I don't think I really put any thought into it. But as I got older, you can obviously tell that maybe this was not these girls were not put in the best situations, especially when you, because back in the day, you used to do really fucking late at night. That's how I know I used to be up way too late because I used to be up very late watching Comedy Central. And they used to even have like a fucking, what's that called? Um, an infomercial. Yeah. Selling their, selling their shit. And you could tell they met these girls at parties or like in weird clubs and outside of seedy places. And it's like, hmm. Are these girls really in their right mind to be consenting and signing away their rights to show their bodies and all this other stuff? It just seemed really predatory as you get older. Yeah, I think now it is more viewed as maybe this is not okay. But definitely back in the late 90s, it was just normalized and Mm -hmm. it became a huge part of pop culture like you. I saw it very late at night and at the time i mean we were very young at that point so it's like yeah it, it wasn't even clicking that anything could be wrong with it yeah uh, it's like they just blurring out titties you can't see yeah God they show it. their face but the titties are yeah blurred. it's crazy and girls Stone world became a household name in the late 90s early 2000s and it kind of made joe francis a household name he was like a hugh hefner or a larry flint this larger-than-life personality that gets all the girls he wants. Mm. And I got a lot of this information from The Guardian, an episode of Rich and Shameless, Girls Gone Wild Exposed, Joe's bio from his website, TMZ, and The New York Times. So, Joe Francis was born April 1st, 1973, making him an April Fool. That's crazy. He was born on April 1st. (laughs) He has one older sister and two younger ones. And Joe was a troubled child in school, saying he was unchallenged and bored, which made him act out. One of the first times getting in trouble in school was in first grade, when a little girl offered to play, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Well, playing. Just man. Well, I was going to elaborate, but I'd be putting too much of my own business out there. <laughs> let's, let's just say that that game does not turn out right all the time. <laughs> So while playing, they are discovered by a teacher and they get in trouble. I don't know if this story is true. It comes from his own bio from his website. And it just seems like a story the creator of Girls Gone Wild would think is a funny story. So, I mean, I could see it either way. Yeah, like this has to be your origin story if you're working with Girls Gone Wild. Yeah. It's always been about sex. At age seven, his parents move to California and send little Joe Francis to a Catholic school. Joe is bored and starts acting out to amuse himself. 
and this leads to him being sent to boarding school. He says while at boarding school, he would cut through the forest to get to the girl side, not because 10-year-old Joe Francis was into girls at the time, but because it was forbidden. Everybody likes to do forbidden stuff. That's true, and especially Joe. After a year of acting out, he is expelled from boarding school, and then he gets sent to military school. And after five days, he's kicked out of there as well. Damn, not even a full week. <laughs> he doesn't go into much details on why he was kicked out, just talking back. I do find it interesting that a lot of the people we cover have been kicked out of school when they were younger. I don't know how much, but it does seem like a common occurrence with some of our troubled stars. Yes. I don't know. Things like a, it's, it's an omen of things to come. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. After military school, he does go to a reform school, which was one of those ranches that they sent troubled kids. Oh, a la Josh Duggar? Uh, I no, guess it's so. probably like an actual school. Josh or, no, Duggar this, sent his friend's house. It was like kind of what Paris Hilton went through. You know, the strict ones that kind of abusive that get shut down years later. Interesting. Okay. And the way he tells it, he tells a few stories. It was not a good place. He talks about having a teacher... And the teacher had the kids watch horses mate, and there was no point in that. And another teacher points out a sheep and then shoots it in front of all the kids, making them carry the body of the dead sheep back to the barn. And this is what we call concealing a murder, everybody. Repeat after me. Concealing a murder. <laughs> like, why are these? These are your, your things. We're shooting sheep after I identify them, and then you also have to watch horses fuck. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense, and I mean, there's a reason those types of ranches are shut down. Yes, weird. People didn't get their accreditation. <laughs> and by the time he enters junior high, his parents believe him to be reformed, so he goes back to public school. At this time, he gets a part-time job, and he says that he doesn't have a lot of memories of junior high or high school because... He was just focusing on working and getting new jobs when he found one that paid better, wanting to be the millionaire he would one day become. Okay. And he goes to the University of Southern California for business since he knew he wanted to own his own business and tell stories of seeing his first sweat t-shirt contest that he says changed his life and tell stories about inviting strippers back to his place. After graduating from college, he works with his father for a little bit, but they butt heads, so he decides to leave and eventually would get a job for real TV as an assistant. Okay. Just briefly, just to go back a second, I'm just thinking, does he not have a, a lot of memories or remember a lot of things from, like, junior high up because, like, there was just not he just can't remember those things or because of all the later partying and all the other stuff maybe had an effect on your memory. Maybe. I mean, you're you're saying, Ooh, from like, from at least college up, he's focused. He knows what he's going to do. That's directed towards that uh, business venture. And you can't remember your life before then. I got this from his website, from his bio, and he's not the most trusted Source narrator, yeah, the most trusted source. So, I mean, you can take what I'm telling you with a grain of salt. Maybe it's just boring. And I will. Maybe he was a loser. I don't know. All right, I was just curious. Um, do you remember real TV? Real TV, not off the top of my head, no. Okay, it was one of those shows that showed like accidents, stunts, funny stuff of that people recorded and sent in. Just okay, sounds familiar. Yeah, um, some of the things that were sent in 
or are found were too violent or gruesome to be put on TV. Joe says the videos would get passed around the office, and he got the idea to take those clips and compile them into one video called Banned from Television. And to get this done, Joe took advances out on his credit cards and paid the sources so he could own the rights and made an infomercial advertisement. And at first, the orders aren't really coming in, and then it starts picking up more and more, and then finally it does seem to take off. Interesting. That still seems like... I mean, yeah, he ended up paying for the rights, but that still seems a little like shady and illegal. You you work at a place and then you're getting inventory about other stuff and then you decide to take that inventory and use it for yourself. Yeah, I guess you could see it that way. I mean, it's definitely a gray area. I, I just think just a little, little morally gray, but whatever. At least he paid the people off to own the rights, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess. But with success, there's always a little trouble. So the way Joe describes it, an employee at Real TV says he came up with the idea and sued Joe. Joe claims mm-hmm. to have never even talked to this employee. <laughs> but I saw other sources describe it more as it was a producer of the show of Real TV named Les Haber. And he sues for implied contract, breach of confidence, and unjust enrichment. The way Haber describes it, he approached Joe with the idea of starting banned from television and wanted Joe to partner up, but instead Joe ran away with the idea. So Haber sues and is awarded $3.5 million in a jury trial. Mm, you must have had enough evidence to prove a side. <laughs> I agree. And Joe, Francis, and Haber would negotiate that price and settle for an undisclosed amount. Interesting. I think it's possible that either or could have happened, but it is telling that Joe Francis has this, like, get-rich mentality by any means necessary. And now, all of a sudden, he starts getting money. And then people are like, hey, motherfucker, you cut me off. I can see it happening. But also, he could. this less person also could be just right time, right place, have the right receipts. Yeah. Um, I didn't really look into it that much. But, I mean, if it was a jury trial, there had to be enough evidence. That's what I'm thinking, ultimately. He... he Something, something was said that sunk his boat. So, moving on from that, Joe would release another band from television. And while review, reviewing footage that he was considering, there is a clip of someone getting arrested. But that's not what caught his attention. Joe saw in the background, there are college girls on spring break flashing for beats. <laughs> and Joe was amazed. He says he took the video home, watched it all week, and decided to make a video of just that. I, I get you was coming down with an idea, but that sounds, <laughs> what what did they say? Sounds like he was down bad. Uh-huh. He, that he, I watched that fucking video all week. He says he was on a phone call and he like made an excuse to get off the phone and <laughs> took the video oh home. <laughs> he shows so many people the video. They're like, oh my God, these guys getting arrested. Do you see that? And Joe's like, no, did you see them titties though? <laughs> 20 feet away, you see that? To the right, over there, (laughs) in the corner. And so he comes up with the idea of college girls gone wild, but then decides to drop the college and just call it girls gone wild. Mm -hmm. We don't have standards. (laughs) He wanted what he called real girls, not porn stars, just your average girl on the beach. From the way- Average floppy titties. (laughs) 
from the way it's described, I believe the first video was just compiled of clips that people sent in. So he has this new video. He's excited to get it out there, but he runs into the problem of no TV station wants this on their channel. He's getting rejection after rejection, and finally he is able to land it on E. Oh. I don't know if E still is this way, but it did garner a younger audience in the late 90s. Yes, I can definitely see that. They were doing more like more things that other TV stations probably weren't doing in the 90s with the maybe E true Hollywood stories, maybe the uh, access that they provided to the celebrities and different documentaries. And then, you know, uh, I think fashion carpet, some things called red carpets were a little bit more popular back in the late 90s to 2000s. And a lot of people were watching those back in the day, too. Yeah, and if I'm remembering correctly, I think Howard Stern was still on E! at that time. Could have been, because I, I, I do definitely remember him on there in the t- 2000s. Yeah, I think that's like the block that he got his infomercial on was on the Howard Stern um, show. That's smart. That's smart, of course. Even though it's only on one station, word of mouth starts to spread and it's getting those sales so much so that other TV stations are finally allowing him to make commercials for their station. <laughs> and it went from a 30 second infomercial to a 60 second one double and, the titties <laughs> yeah and like we've described it the commercials are just a bunch of women flashing their breasts their breasts being blurred mm-hmm. usually what girls gone wild over it yeah so by the time they filmed the second video they thought to themselves or Joe Francis thought to himself why are we paying people for these clips when they can just go out there and film it themselves. Oh, yeah. Let's start cutting motherfuckers out. So how did they get these girls to do it? They supplied them with drinks and offered them a t-shirt or a hat that said Girls Gone Wild. They took the Mardi Gras design plan and used that. So this is a really cheap way to pay the girls, because it's Mm -hmm. technically not paying them. It's giving them a hat or a t-shirt. Yeah. And by giving them t-shirts with Girls Gone Wild, that's free advertising. Mm-hmm. And for some people, the idea of buying these girls shots is enough to say, it's not right. It's exploitation. You know, he's taking advantage of them. But back in the late 90s, most people loved this. Oh, yeah. It's just one of those things. That, hey, if somebody wants to show titties, let them show their titties. We're not talking about how we get them to show their titties. Exactly. It was just a good old fun time. The spring breakers were going to be flashing people anyways. Why not get it on video for millions of people to see? Yeah, it's not like people might forget, not know what happened, uh, feel like they were coerced, may not remember this and might see themselves, might be surprised when they see themselves in an infomercial with their blurred out titties in the video. So in two years... Girls Gone Wild makes $2 million in revenue. 2001, they had 83 different titles and 4.5 million copies sold. Jesus. Joe also makes a deal with the bars that if they pay him, he will show up with his crew because that would increase business for the bar. Girls come out to flash and guys come out to see the girls flash. Now this part really sounds insidious. <laughs> like... If a bar knows that... Mm, no, I'm just thinking of all the ways that things could go wrong. Like, hey, we, we got all these women here. Why don't we call Joe Francis and the Girls Gone Wild to come down here? We'll start 
doing these heavier drinks and or or we're, we'll start spotlighting different women for them to go and get based off their drunkenness or their willingness. I don't know. That just seems even more inappropriate. 2003 Girls Gone Wild is using 21 million in advertising and makes five times of that. 2004, seven years after launch, they are making 100 million a year. Were these videos just titties? Or was it like, are we evolving point, into porn? It does evolve. Okay, but right now he just making this, this is just titty money. That's what's advertising, yeah. Jeez. I don't know 100% when it changed, but it does change a little. I think that he really capitalized the market before like free porn was everywhere. I mean, you don't think this is like and people just wanted to see some naked women because nowadays this would not make as much money, but dang. Yeah. It's kind of pre-internet. It's very early internet. If people had internet. Mm -hmm. So this is where they're doing it. You know, they're seeing it on TV. They don't have the porn channel on their TV, I guess. So this is what's available to them if they don't want a magazine. No Skinamax. <laughs> I'm telling you, titties is popular. And even celebrities are talking about it. Justin Timberlake is seen wearing a merch hat that serves girls gone wild. Actor Brad Pitt talks about Jennifer Aniston, his then wife buying him a copy which is funny because it comes up during an interview for the kids' movie Sinbad. Interesting. And I don't know if this part's confirmed, but I did see that at one of the ending of Brad Pitt's films, he gave, like, the true Girls Gone Wild tapes. Again, I don't know if that's true or not, though. Interesting. And Joe Francis is rubbing elbows with the celebs. He's dating Paris Hilton, Courtney Kardashian. I don't know if he's still friends with the Kardashians, but he was for years. It's rumored that he helped Kim sell her sex tape to Vivid Entertainment. I um, mean, how, how else did she get that link? I don't know. Uh -huh. He's best friends with Mario Lopez, I believe, to this day. Ooh, Mario was a, was, I don't know if he still is, but was a serial cheater, so that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Snoop Dogg even hosts a Girls Gone Wild video. That sounds like him. Snoop, Snoop Dogg made porn, so nothing that Snoop Dogg does ever surprises me. <laughs> That's the true. Porn, he's like, a, oh, no, what? Say. I just feel like he's been in everything. Like, if there's a business venture that Snoop Dogg can go into, he's going to do it. Yeah, he, he did the porn. He did the, um, he, he was the gospel artist. He was the reggae artist. He's done the sports commentator thing. I mean, Snoop Dogg has, has lived 5,000 lives. I mean, he was a killer back in the day, yeah. allegedly. <laughs> Joe Francis is appearing on talk shows. He's everywhere. As Girls Gone Wild grows larger, they up the ante. They are still doing the flashing, but now they are incorporating, getting some of the girls to come back with them to the tour bus. Let's see some booty holes. <laughs> <laughs> and they go back to a private room on the tour bus and they have them play with the, themselves as a cameraman and Joe tell them what to do and then encouraging them to do stuff to each other. Of yeah. course, some women had regrets about this. <sighs> so the woman had to show their ID for the camera, then sign a release form. But remember, they're being bought shots after shots at the bar, so... The next morning, realizing what they have done, a lot of these girls would call their parents because, you know, they're young. Yeah, they're scared. What the fuck are they supposed to do? And the parents would get a lawyer trying to stop the footage from being used. One unnamed woman tried this and it pissed Joe off. So he told the editors, not only does he want that girl in the film, 
but he wants her on the cover. That's disgusting. Yeah, I not you not you a vindictive millionaire, a, a vindictive exploitative millionaire. Like, calm down, bro. Jesus, make your hand make your money hand over fist. Somebody decides that they they don't want to be a part of it, and you can't let it go. It it depend it, it becomes the bane of your existence. Man, fuck out of here. These are I, men on a power trip. It, it is a power trip. trip. I get he needs content, and they signed a release, but. There can be a different way. He could, you know, something in the release that says if you change your mind, you have to pay like $30 or something because, you know, the clips aren't expensive to make. I mean, he don't care about that. Yeah. All he cares about is either you show your titties or you suffer. You can't go against the machine, but it's like, of course, people can't. They don't, they don't know what this is. They could be. I mean, I've literally been out, had a good time, and then woke the next day and was like, girl, you know you was doing this, that, and the other, and you looked okay, but yeah, you looked a little fucked up too. But you were still able to function and move and stuff, but you don't know what you did. People are telling you what you did. So only imagine how these women woke up and you find out that, damn, I signed something I and I was doing some stuff maybe I wasn't all coherent to be doing. And now I have to pay the price for maybe uh, poor decision making, but also because I was manipulated. Yeah. And a lot of these girls that have spoken out say like they were kicked out of their church. They were kicked out of their home. You know, their school suspended yep. them or something. College. Yep. So one woman named Michelle Padilla sues Girls Gone Wild because she claims in 1999 she was in a wet t-shirt contest. And she was included in the Girls Gone Wild in two videos and even appearing on one cover of a film and she claims she had no clue they were filming she says it looks like it was filmed on a zoom lens but there were no banners no t-shirts no hats she didn't sign a release form and today you would think of course it's going to be to get out and be broadcasted online but this was 1999 how is she supposed to know some people might think it's just what it is in that moment like oh if she was from like San Antonio, Texas. This is just a random San 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 Antonio, Texas, like what T-shirt contest? That's all it's going to be there. Yeah, no one's going to see it. I'm on spring break. No one's going to see it. Yeah, I didn't know the y'all had fucking cameras in the corner hidden. So Michelle would settle. I did not see a number disclosed. I hope Uh, it's for the millions. Shit. I don't think so. The numbers I do see disclosed are like not worth it another girl named tabitha says she participated in a wet t-shirt contest when she was 17 years old and five years later she realizes she's in a girls gone wild film i believe she was also used on the cover even though she has battled this for years she has not been able to get it down and dvds were still being sold of her as of 2022 which yeah that's disturbing it's very disturbing. It's very absurd to me. If she was 17, that's child pornography. Why is it even a debate of getting it down or not? And now with everything online, like even if they do take it down, it's you know still living there. It's somewhere. It's forever immortalized. It's somewhere, someplace that can be picked up or uploaded. But also that throws their whole like business practice rules, regulations into the trash because if a 17 year old got through once who's to say how many others didn't get through how many other ids weren't checked i mean you can't guarantee that stuff now that's true i mean you never could before but now that you you know on the record that a 17 year old's 
actual body was posted on a video, a minor. There's no telling how many other ones got through. And she didn't even find out until five years later. And I wonder how she even found out, just like off a whim or something. I mean, she's on the cover. I don't know. Somebody recognized her and let her know. It's like, that's crazy. And the other woman, Michelle, she didn't even get a heads up. It was like, it's crazy. Like, you're not checking IDs. You're recording them without them even knowing. Yeah, yeah. So another woman named Nicole, she flashes guys and she does realize they have cameras, but did not know it would appear on Girls Gone Wild. And it's her boyfriend who finds out and confronts her. The way it's described, he was watching it with his friends. And I've heard of guys that watch porn with friends, but that's just weird to me. I mean, I I love getting in the circle and watching (laughs) porn and getting hard with all my friends. It's It's an experience. Anyways, Nicole sues, but she alleges that Joe's lawyer tells her the company is going bankrupt, so you need to settle or you're not going to get anything. She does end up settling, fearing she wouldn't receive anything, and she gets $10,000. And surprise, surprise, Girls Gone Wild did not go bankrupt. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, bad tactic, but also, girl, this is why you have a lawyer. She had one. I would have told my lawyer, hey, these people don't whisper in my ear that they're going bankrupt, so I need to settle. What do you think? Can you take a look into whatever, blah, 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 or we're going to use this information against them? And I would have got some more fucking money, even if I still would have settled. Yeah, I, I think they should have pulled, like, you know, the financial records or something. Try to get something, but I do believe she said the lawyer advised her to settle. That was a shitty lawyer. Yeah, it could have been one that didn't want us to fight. Maybe they just wanted their fees. They didn't give a fuck about the rest of this. Yeah. Maybe. But damn, $10,000 for, nah, bruh. In 2003, Joe Francis goes down to Panama City, Florida, and he butts heads with Lee Sullivan who was the mayor at the time. And Lee did not like Joe. He thought what he was doing was disgusting. He was taking advantage of girls, so he tries to get them out of his city. Come on, Lee. (laughs) In the Rich and Shameless episode, it shows Lee Sullivan, and he's such a character, like an old sheriff from the Wild Wild West type of vibes. Well, does he have a big mustache? I believe he does, yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I gotta look this man up afterwards. (laughs) I did not look him up because I, I really liked him in that episode. I'm like, I don't want to ruin it if he's like, you know, hateful or anything. That's what I'm thinking. I just said, come on, Lee. And then it's going to be like, Lee Sullivan, convicted of bling and bling. And like, Racist. Damn it. <laughs> but he tries to go after Joe and not allow him to film. Joe sues, saying it violated his First Amendment right. And Girls Gone Wild is a documentary and he was making art. Bitch. And Lee does back down a little. Come on, Lee. (laughs) But then a father of a girl comes forward saying his daughter and another underage girl were filmed for a shower scene. Because of course they fucking were. So Joe is arrested for child pornography, prostitution, since he allegedly gave the girls $50 to jerk him off. Whoa, that came out of left. Well, that's what she said. Did (laughs) it? No, um, that's why I had to stop because it was just the fact that it just you just said it right after that. But of course, he he would do something nasty like that. Yeah, he's also charged for racketeering, drug trafficking, and in total, there are more than seventy charges against him. Not drug trafficking, not just smuggling drugs and titties. 
they were trying to throw the book at him, like, just, I believe, throw anything at him, see what sticks. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say a little side note here. There are at least five underage girls that have appeared in Girls Gone Wild. Maybe more, because, you know, when they're underage, they don't say their names most of the time. The one that Snoop Dogg hosted is said to have an underage girl in it as well. Yeah. It's said that these girls, the ones in the shower scene, had fake IDs. But I also saw that Joe was on camera telling the girls to say that they were 18. I don't know if this was the case for all the cases, but Joe claims he didn't know because they had fake IDs. It's all disgusting. But this is what happens when you go down this road. You 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 deal with this chance when you're not when you're sloppy or when you don't care or you have no morals or values. It's just these things tend to happen, unfortunately, and ruin people's lives in the process, but make him lots of money. So he does go to jail for one day. He bails himself out, and these, you know, it's an ongoing case, so it's in the background, but we're going to move on. All right. So while this is in the background, Joe goes home one day, and awaiting for him in his home is a man named Riley Perez, or he also goes by Darnell Riley. Riley is waiting for Joe, having broken into his home, and he makes him undress. He then starts video videoing Joe. The video starts with Joe saying, my name is Joe Francis, and I'm from Boys Gone Wild, and I like it up the ass. As the camera pans down, you can see a pink vibrator on, and it's not inserted in Joe, but it is on. Okay. I believe the video then shows Joe using it on himself. Of uh, course, this is all under duress. Riley has a gun. Yeah. When Riley leaves, he would tell a friend, and that friend would know Paris Hilton, and they would tell Paris, and Paris told Joe who was behind it. Riley spent nine years in prison and now says that he's out. He has written a book, but he says that it was a mob order to get dirt on Joe. The mob boss is now dead, so it cannot be confirmed. Others believe it was just an extortion plan from Riley, but that is a little chapter of what happened to Joe. Uh, what the fuck, man? Yeah, it, that was What like, type of life are you living where this is happening? It sounds like it could have been either way. Either way, he made an enemy, and that was, that was crazy. But then they made him. What do you say? Like, fuck it was to humiliate him and yeah could you say he was sexually assaulted like in a way yeah he okay was. i just wanted to make sure i was using it right but how did i know you would still say he assault he assaulted you using duress and making him do it himself but it was still a violation that is crazy a mob hit versus an extortion hit i don't i don't know just because we haven't heard anything about the mob side even though that whole uh drug trafficking hmm got you got my ears perked up but i think i would lean more to just an extortion attempt i don't know that's so fucking crazy you just went into your place one day and there's somebody waiting for you to do that to you i just and then the dumbass goes brag oh, i hate i hate stupid criminals but i guess we want them to get caught but it's just like what you fucking dumb yeah, and <laughs> Joe's behavior from here does seem to escalate. I'm not saying this caused it. I'm not saying it even has anything to do with it. But it's just uh, a piece of the puzzle in there. 
Yeah, it could be related or not. He probably needed to get some therapy after, especially that situation. Maybe, maybe it would help. I feel, even though I cover a lot in this episode, I do feel like we're just at the tip of the iceberg. I don't think the full story of Joe Francis is out there yet. Interesting. Okay. Back to the charges of Joe. All but six counts were thrown out. And in 2008, he would plea no contest to child abuse and prostitution charges. There was also a civil suit from the girls, which he would be held in contempt for a month for not properly participating in mediation. It said when he had these lawsuits, Joe would only reference these girls uh, or women as bitches and whores. So that may be part of it, but it's alleged he told the girls when he entered the mediation I will make you one offer. You can suck my dick. And he got held in contempt for court for that. He does end up going to jail, but the reason is for tax evasion. He would make fake expenses for his business. And also, I don't know if this was part of it, but when people bought Girls Gone Wild, he was adding them onto like a subscription without their knowledge. Ah, so if you don't catch it, you're billed next month for some shit. Yeah. So That's how you get the money up. So I don't know if that's part of it, but he did that as well. Um, while in jail, $700 in cash and pills are found in his cell, which is contraband. He would claim that he walked in the jail with that and he wasn't properly searched. But oh, fuck that. out of here. You don't want to get your guard buddy caught. <laughs> no, actually, you guys didn't do a good enough job of making me hold my balls and cough and all that other shit and search me. I actually walked in with this $700 on my own. <laughs> yeah, he's just been carrying it the whole time. Nobody slid it to me. I didn't have these pills nowhere else. Nah. Joe would spend 339 days in jail and paid over 60000 in fines for his child abuse charges that he pled no contest to. Joe gets time served since he was in jail for the tax evasion. Y'all are so fucking annoying in the court system. <laughs> I mean, he's a millionaire, I feel like. <laughs> I know, but it's just like, oh, it's time served for a totally different charge? Yep, let him off. It's like he played, he pled no contest, y'all. He literally didn't call himself innocent yeah. because he knew he wasn't. But he thought, of course, you know, I don't have to plead guilty either. But it's like, bro, he, he's saying that he is aware. <laughs> he just doesn't want to... <laughs> He just does not want to say that he did it. He did anything wrong. But the fact is that how do you plead no contest to these like terrible charges and you don't get anything except for time served for something that you might not even want to. I mean, it's not related. Yeah, I thought it was it was so stupid because he spent 339 days in jail. Okay, and then when (laughs) I saw his sentence for the underage. Do you know how many days that was? How many? 339. So it's the exact same number. They just, they made it. Yeah. It's like, y'all are a joke. Yeah. I don't care about nobody. I don't, it, it, yes, it's one hand, uh, one hand, uh, washes the other. That's it. That's it. Everybody who's in power stays in power because we, we don't prosecute. Or give punishment to anybody who does children, women, wrong, kills, you know. 
Let's give you a life sentence, and if you got some more sentences, we'll bury it under the other ones. So some people that had his back were Kim Kardashian, who wore a free Joe shirt, and girl, <laughs> fuck out of here! Always on the wrong side of history, and she got girl. <laughs> And Chris Jenner was seen on their TV show talking to Joe on the phone while in jail. I don't know if he popped up in other episodes. Well, we know Chris Jenner don't give a fuck about her daughter, so of course she loves Joe Francis. She's all <laughs> about the exploitation of women. <laughs> She's especially if he helped sell that tape. Oh yes, of course, of course. Let's talk to Kim now, Kim. Is is North in Chicago? Are they meeting Joe anytime soon? Are you still hanging out? Y'all, y'all kids going going to school together? That's your buddy. Maybe Joe would also go on the Tyra show after his release. I don't know how harsh she was on him since I only saw clips, but it does not look like it was a hard hitting hard hitting interview. But I could be wrong. Kiss my fat ass. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think she brought that energy. <laughs> Funny, somebody goes, somebody gonna roast you over themselves, but somebody else is just like, mm, you know what, you could do better. All right, he's learned his lesson, you guys. <laughs> In 2006, a woman named Janelle says that she went to a bar that Girls Gone Wild was at, and she didn't think anything about it. But then Joe came to her and said, "I choose you," and he's buying her shots. They go back to the tour bus. She claims she is very drunk, almost blackout drunk, but she does sign a release form. She is in the back room with Joe and the cameraman, and she is using toys. She says she didn't really want to, but she just went with it. But she says once the cameraman leaves, she is alone with Joe, and he pounced on her. She claims he keeps trying to kiss her, saying, it's okay, it's okay, and forced himself on her. And this is her quote. He took hold of me. I was this 100-pound little girl. I didn't give my consent that night. And he totally raped me. And then he got off of me like I was garbage. Janelle would go to police, but she says she was just written off and nothing happened. That's fucking terrible. It is terrible. Oh, Lord. I... Yeah, and then you do it right after the girl's drunk has already uh, done sexual activities on camera and signed the release, making it seem like literally if if she were to go against your word, it's like, but all this evidence leads us to believe that it, it could have been consensual. Of course it was wanted. Yeah, she that she this, wanted she it. She did this and she signed the release form and she went and she, and she went uh, by herself with these people and all that, you know. Ugh. 2009, Joe is at a bar, so is Brody Jenner and his then-girlfriend, Jade Nicole. Jade sees Joe trying to get back with an ex, and remember, uh, Jade is Brody's girlfriend. I don't know if I was clear on that. Oh, but, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Jade sees Joe trying to get back with an ex, and she doesn't like that since that girl was her friend. And she walks by Joe and spills her drink on her. And she's walking off, and Joe grabs her by the hair and throws her to the ground. <sighs> Jade would claim Joe hit her while on the ground or kicked her. It's kind of hard to see on the security camera, but he definitely pulled her hair. But I don't think I can say he 100% kept hitting her. He says that it was the crowd that kicked her on accident, which could be true. But he's the one who threw her down. Why the fuck did you grab her by her hair, though? It's something he <laughs> does. 
I was about to say that's the don't try to point the I mean that's still a very violent act going as somebody is leaving you you're reaching up to drag them by their hair down on the ground you and me you mean to inflict pain Brody Jenner would fight Joe outside of the bar each one saying the other one started it uh Jade and Joe do end up settling and what I thought was weird was Brody Jenner had to write an apology to Joe as part of the settlement what? Yeah, I I got off of TMZ and I, I I could not follow the logic. I'm like, okay. I don't either. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> because I guess the inside fight was between Jade and Joe, and then it was I guess supposed to be squashed that fast. So when they were both kicked out, Joe and Brody, and Brody fought him, it became an issue. I don't know, Joe. So did Joe make this a sticking point? Like, no, nah, we're not settling this case until I get a pilot. It had to be. I mean, it probably had to be like part of something. That's crazy to me. I mean, granted, old girl probably did not need to spill her drink on a dude. Also, women in these whole drink situations, sit y'all's fucking asses down. Keep your drinks in your cups. But also, stop acting like you're not fucking violent. You, you, you wanted to harm that girl. I ain't never pulled the hair of somebody I didn't want to hurt accidentally. And Especially yeah, when you drag them to the ground. When he does it, no you know, because she, she just walks by, she spills it on him, and she keeps walking. And when he does it, he reaches out and, like, snatches her head back. And that's, like, it was a violent grab. Yeah. I, that tells me about who you might be in private. So, of course, I'm inclined to believe these rape allegations, these sexual assault allegations, because that's who you're painted out. I mean, that's who you've made yourself to be when uh, security cameras are on or when other people are around you. So, yeah, I think you're a violent, manipulative, terrible person. In 2011, Joe goes to the supper club in Hollywood and takes some women home. When the women decide to leave, he grabs one by the hair and slams her head four or five times on the floor. He warns her not to call 911 since he owns the police. Joe claims he did not do it. Charges are brought against him. As they fucking should be. Yeah. What the fuck is up with you? I just... I, I don't know. Owns the police. Man, people, rich people, and they're fucking, we own the police, or do you not know who I am? Undefeated. <clears throat> I, I, and as you see, it's another woman he grabbed by the hair. Yeah, it's his calling card, obviously. So after be. this, 2012, Joe hosts a show called Search for the Hottest Girl in America. And the winner would be a woman named Abby Wilson, who would then become his wife. Girl, Abby. Damn, where the fuck was the bar? And later, they would go through IVF treatment to have girls, both of them wanted girls which some might find weird seeing girl history. not fuck i don't want to say i can't even say a lit i'm gonna just tell you off 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 like <laughs> what i think but you know. around this time joe's no longer the hot shot he used to be the um, hot abusive shot <laughs> Yeah, he started this kind of pre-internet days, but now porn is everywhere. People aren't going to be buying it from a TV commercial. By this lame-ass, abusive-ass, trash-ass 
wannabe has been who never was so 2012 joe owed two million dollars to win casino owned by steve win joe alleges that mr win emailed quincy jones that he was going to hit joe on the back of the head with a shovel and have him killed over the money now mr win is like that's not true and in fact it's slander so he sues mm-hmm. and when mr win's friend Quincy Jones takes the stand. He says that Wynn never said that. Now Joe owes two million plus forty million, but then it drops down to twenty million. <laughs> what did he think was gonna happen? Did, did he really like? Did you think that was gonna get you out of the out of the debt? Why did you start spreading lies? And why did you involve Quincy Jones? That's what I was thinking. That's why it's like when Quincy Jones popped up. I'm like the Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones in the studio and you interrupting <laughs> this man. That makes no sense. Also, something tells me Steve Wynn, as rich as this man has, I mean as rich as man has, as rich as this man is, a lot of other people have been in a lot higher debt with him. I, I'm not saying two million is a small amount, but something just tells me that there have been other people who have owed Steve Wynn more money. And he just made himself look like an even bigger dumbass target by even trying to um, spread lies about it. So, of course, I don't think Steve Wynn is mentioning to Quincy Jones or anybody about somebody he's going to hit. Yeah, and why tell Quincy take Jones? Out. Is he, like, that sloppy about his hits? <laughs> if he's hitting, like, killing people, he's just like, you want some tea? Guess who I'm killing on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Quincy. You got time to sit down so I can talk to you about my assassination plans? Hey, Quinn Quinn, you got an extra shovel? <laughs> Not Quinn Quinn. <laughs> oh, yeah, that made no fucking sense. Not, and not two million plus 40 million. <laughs> he, he's, I mean, glad it went down. I don't think he probably paid it anyway, but Jesus, 40 million plus you're back to? Mm-mm. I did see that. He, at this point, Girls Garden Wild goes into bankruptcy. Finally, something comes into fruition that was mentioned before. I think there was a way not to pay Steve Wynn, though. Of course, when you when your debts is too high and you start pulling at your collar, bankruptcy saves the dollar. So two years after the incident of attacking that woman in his home, oh fuck, yeah. he was convinced. He was not convinced. He was convicted of battery, false imprisonment, and intimidation of a witness. He's sentenced to 270 days in jail and three years probation. So fucking tired of things that are not multiple years in prison. Joe appeals this, and in California, if you appeal a misdemeanor, because that's what it is, it's a misdemeanor, you don't have to be in jail for your appeal while you're waiting for it. So he calls the detective on the case and he oh, asks, gonna be time. Oh, don't even, never mind. Sorry. Let me just let you finish. I hate let me everything. just finish. <laughs> so he calls the detective on the case and asks her, is there anything he can do to make this all go away? And she says, no, it's not going to go away. So he flees to Mexico where he owns a resort. This resort is called Casa Amara and it's actually where Mario Lopez got married, who's the godfather of Joe Francis's kids and where Kim and Kanye spent their honeymoon. Other celebs have gone there as well. So it is not just those people, but they all nasty. 
Yeah, so he flees to Mexico, and they're not going to extradite him because it's a misdemeanor. The U.S. does not do that. He's so fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah. 2016, Joe gets a restraining order against him. And do you know who it's from? Is it from his wife? No. From his own parents. Oh, sometimes you just cannot live with what you've created. They allege Joe came at them trying to attack them with a coat rack and he put his sister in a chokehold. Oh, Lord. I only saw that on The Rich and Shameless and it, I could not confirm it with another source because if I would look up, if I would type into Google uh, Joe Francis' parents or Joe Francis, you know, restraining order or something, all that would come up is what seems like puff pieces that were all titled Meet Joe Francis' Parents. And it would go over a few sentences about his parents and then just talk about Joe. I'm not claiming Joe bought these articles, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying he didn't buy those articles either. I mean, people, if you <laughs> if you own the police, how can you not own the papers? I don't, I think it's definitely something he would do, something that he could have and probably did do. So, Joe's in Mexico. He's avoiding paying back Mr. Wynn. He's avoiding jail time and avoiding the victims getting justice. But he does have one more victim, and that is his wife, Abby. It has to be Abby who released it, but there is an audio of Joe hitting Abby. Abby screaming, saying stop, screaming, saying that he choked her. He stepped on her head, telling him to stop. And Abby is able to get a restraining order against Joe and flees with her twin girls. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Joe spent 78 days in jail. And when he gets out, Joe claims that Abby kidnapped his two daughters. Abby responded through a lawyer that she has full temporary custody of the children and he only had supervised visitation. On his Instagram, he has missing posters of his daughters and a wanted poster of Abby. If you look through the comments, it does look like, in my opinion, that he is buying comments. A lot of them have the same phrases, which people could just be using the same phrases, but I don't know. It just raises an eyebrow. If you own the cops (laughs) and you could own the papers, Of course you can buy comments. I mean, you can buy followers. Also, not to shit on Abby, because I know no one deserves to be abused. But she got with him right after the attack, stood by him during the trial, and then had twins. Like, how much proof did she need to see he is a monster? So either she was blind by her love for him, or she was willfully blind and decided not to believe other women. <sighs> it's always a hard line to straddle, but I, I, I essentially feel the same way. It, these women who get with these abusive men, especially known abusers with long lists of um, a rap sheet against them, whether it be legal or just alleged and stuff like that. And then the utter dismay... <sighs> Just um, like just what happens after they are abused, and then it's like, yeah, he's a terrible person. He's a monster, and but he was all that before you got with him as well. So I, I don't, I, I never know how to kind of handle that because yes, yeah. I don't like to, uh, I don't want to sit there and like attack 
like verbally attack somebody who was abused by their spouse. But also, like you said, he's had he had cases before and during your marriage and you chose to stick with him until he turned his abusive ways towards you. I don't think that's fair either. Yeah. The workers at Casa Amara say he is like a ghost. They know of him, but they never see him. And when they do see him, he is like a talkative piranha. Always talking, but you never know when he is going to attack. Yeah, I'd say he probably relies a lot on his riches these days to get things done. Uh, surrounds himself with yes men, yes people. Um, always probably has his lawyer on retainer and has to probably pay for his entertainment as well, just to avoid cases. Yeah, a lot of people say that the Me Too movement, like he didn't get caught up on that, in that because by that time he was like irrelevant. So he never really had his day of reckoning because he had, he had... I don't think that's true. He did not, I think the Me Too movement skipped him because maybe he wasn't as relevant, but there was a lot of people who maybe weren't relevant at that time who still got got. But I think also it's because his, um, the victims that he perpetrated on and over were more regular people. They weren't celebrities. That's true. And Me Too movement did have people who were uh, were, were mostly about celebrities and uh, aspiring, upcoming, or stunted models, actresses, uh, beauty influencers, and, and, and the like. Not just regular old people from middle America, from Florida, from California, you know. Maybe if it was more about just women in general, he could have got caught up and really served his or really been punished for his crimes, at least publicly more. But no, I think it's just the the, the victim choice he had. He, he got he got the skirt. That's true. Um, he is technically a fugitive, so he cannot come back to the United States of America. That's why he's staying in Mexico. But that's our episode over Joe Francis. Yeah, he's a terrible person. He's definitely a monster. He's definitely abuser, manipulative. Um, he maybe could have grown out of that and 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 been more after like high school, but with the trajectory he wanted to take, he just stood no chance. He just made he just got caught up, I think, in the money and the ego and just became like the worst version that he could have ever became. And drugs. I believe Abby Wilson, oh, yeah. his wife, said that he was on meth. Oh, I, if you're smuggling legend. drugs, I could definitely see you partaking in the drugs. And, and if you're already plying people with alcohol, drugs is not too far after. So I definitely could see that as well. But that's another thing. He was on meth. I don't think he was just on meth that one time he abused you. But then again, it's like, was she an abused housewife? Was that the only incident? I don't know. But either way, Joe... Francis is a piece of shit, honestly. Yeah, he is. I'm kind of surprised I'd never heard about this more. Like, I, of course, heard of Girls, Girls Gone Wild, but never anything about Joe Francis. I didn't know he was this bad. I literally, I thought, I, I knew about, like, him getting in trouble with the law. I did not know the specifics, and I just knew about Girls Gone Wild, you know. At the end, I think I remember him hearing about, uh, hearing about him dating Paris Hilton, but that was literally all I ever knew about this man. Yeah, he's a fucking. I'm. I'm I don't know if I'm happy or upset. I know more. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt. 
But we do like to end every episode on a positive note, talking about some form of media we want to recommend, discuss, explore, shit on. Should I go first? Should you go first? Uh, I, I, mine's quick. I, and you mentioned it. I literally changed mine on the fly. It's really quick. Uh, so you had talked about uh, Larry Flint, you know, and he the like owner of Hustler magazine or something like that. Yeah, he was. Is it? Yeah, he did die, right? Yeah, I believe so. I think so, too. And I just wanted to mention the movie The People versus Larry Flint which I have heard in later years wasn't exactly 100% um, accurate. But uh, you're, I, think I, I think I saw that for the second time with you at your house. Oh, I used to love that movie. No, is that, that's a lie. I think I, I saw it with you for the first time at your house. And I was just so fucking amazed at, at, a, at a movie that was at, about like this man starting this magazine was just so like heartbreaking slash sad. I think I cried a couple times. <laughs> and um, I don't think Larry Flint was the best person at all, but I do think that that was an interesting movie and Woody Harrelson and Courtney Love played the fuck out of their roles. So if you're ever interested in that type of thing, I definitely recommend you watch it. Um, you don't have to support who he was as a person to enjoy the film, but it's just a great film and it's about just just an interesting story so that's my media really one and done and i yeah i recommend it just because courtney love is such a great actress in that movie fan fucking tastic yeah and i the ending was so sad yeah i I don't think i've only watched it twice because it it was such a good movie but i was like damn this 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 one's a sad one I love that. Yeah, that's a great one. You you you've turned me on to some good movies. I'll tell you that. Re- remember Ex Machina? I think I like begged <laughs> you to watch that with me. And then you said, No, I'm not watching Ex Machina. And then you go home and you text me and you said, This movie's the shit. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> let's talk about that. Jose had Ex Machina. First of all, I was saying I I was making fun of that movie name for the fucking longest. You would always say a weird way. I'm like, stop. You had that movie for the longest, and you did want me to watch it. I begged you because I I, love that movie. I sometimes I have to. I just don't be listening to you because I don't (laughs) like when you're right. And when I and the thing is, I think it was purely by accident. I ended up seeing it. And I said, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> Y'all should watch Ex Machina. What how you say it? Ex Machina. It's a yeah. great movie as well. I think, I mean, I love the people versus Larry Flint, but as far as like a a, a movie slash ending leaving you like, oh my motherfucking God, you gotta watch Ex Machina. It's great. Or just like, watch the dancing. I love the dancing. You love it. That's the only thing. If if you could ask people to watch one thing, I feel like you would ask them to watch that dancing. <laughs> I probably watched it like a hundred times just like the first time I watched the movie. Like I just kept going back to that scene. It's a great scene. It's a great song. <laughs> um, so funny. I never be listening to you. <laughs> no. I just can't help it. Okay. We do have a write-in. Oh, you going to listen to the write-in before you? Yeah. All right, all right. Who's it from? 
It's from Christina of a spooky fame. Hey, Christina. <laughs> she says, hi guys, Christina here sending my, in my media because I'm obsessed with it. It's a show called Jury Duty on Prime. It's hilarious and wholesome, shot in a documentary style like The Office, Parks and Rec, and Abbott Elementary, also amazing. Though it's more reality show based than those shows, it's non-scripted and improv actors are given just kind of an idea. The whole premise is this guy is told that they're just documenting the jury duty process so that he doesn't question why there's so many cameras around. He also has no idea that it's a show and that everyone else is an actor. I only checked out because of all the TikTok clips. I keep seeing it does not disappoint. Love the podcast, Christina. Have you seen the TikTok clips? Do you know what she's talking about? No, what the f- No, what's it called? Jerry Dewey? I believe, hold on. Yeah. It's on what? Amazon Prime. Oh, shit. I think one of my sisters got Amazon Prime. I kept seeing the TikTok clips too, and most of the time when I see TikTok clips, like I'll be watching a whole damn movie on TikTok, you know, like clip after clip after clip. <laughs> you see. But, but this one, it does seem very interesting, but I was like, mm, would I like this? Well, don't I like this? So I'm definitely going to watch it now because I think it's interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to because uh, that sounds hilarious. Only one person is not an actor and everybody else, oh that would make me feel cr- like if they are doing some crazy ass situations i'd be like i gotta leave i'm going fucking crazy now i, I saw one scene from tiktok where it's like one of the actresses almost gave it away and <laughs> and like she has to like recover real fast mm, oh my gosh i have to watch this i kind of feel though if, if i would watch that i would always be paranoid of are these people actors right now? <laughs> well, nowadays you have to be now since uh, this is what they're doing. Uh-huh. It's like, I, instead of thinking, does everyone hate me? I start thinking, are these people actors? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. I have to. There was, I, I love, I used to watch like improv skits and stuff like that all the time on YouTube back in the day. But then, you know, people stopped doing that less. And, you know, a lot of the famous people just became famous. So, I don't know. I don't watch those things anymore. But uh, that was always fun and funny to me. Yeah. Um, I can't do an improv. I'm too scared. I'm a scaredy cat little bitch. I feel like you would be good in improv. Maybe if I ever stop. I also trip over my feet. That's true. That's true. Uh, (laughs) I I also have this thing where I feel like I'm really good at public speaking, but you got to see me after one minute because it takes me like a full minute to get my voice to stop shaking. They got to let you cook. And I'm here to tell you about the (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess it's time for my media. Come on. And my media is kind of related to Rick James. Bitch. So I was listening to Mary Jane, of course, and I'm like, damn, this song, it it reminds me of something. It reminds me of something. So then I'm like, oh my God, this is I'm Real by J-Lo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of went down a J-Lo rabbit hole after that. Uh, so my media is the album J-Lo by J-Lo. <laughs> who, who, who? 
J-Lo? J-Lo by J-Lo. <laughs> um, and the album has, you know, Love Don't Toss a Thing, Play, I'm Real, and Ain't It Funny. I'm Real and Ain't It Funny are like two of my favorite songs mm-hmm. from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. And I just, I love her singing. I love Ashanti singing. I love all of them singing on that album. <laughs> you, you're so messy. <laughs> I love J-Lo. I love Ashanti. And, oh my God, I'm real when she say, nigga. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I remember my grandma had the J-Lo album by J-Lo. And, <laughs> you know, my grandma was a JW, a Jehovah Witness, so... She was always like picky, picking and choosing like what she found offensive and not offensive. Mm. But I remember she was listening to the album and I was over at her place and then it gets to I'm real and you know, it's all the cursing and she pops out that CD real fast and she says, I don't know who she thinks she is, but she's not going to be cursing on that CD. And then she <laughs> asked me if I want it. I'm like, yeah, I'll take the CD. <laughs> so I love what? that I'll, CD. I'll take this off your hands, grandma. <laughs> I think it was the cursing, plus we looked at the video, or we saw the video of Love Don't Toss a Thing, and she's like, why is she getting naked on the beach? It's like, girl, it's just a video. That is hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I used to love that album. Um, and I've been listening to a lot of J-Lo recently. Okay, the real reason, I'm trying to branch out from Taylor Swift, because... I don't know if you've seen it on TikTok. Where oh my gosh, and and Chris, okay, literally, Christina told us about this too on on Instagram. What? If, it, if it's oh what no, I, that's not that. That's not that. Okay, well, we don't fuck with him either way. <laughs> I haven't looked into it enough, but yeah, I think that's safe to say. But Taylor was on stage. You know, she's on tour, and she was yelling at a security guard to um, leave one of the fans alone. You know, she's like, stop, they're not doing anything. But in, she's doing it be, like in between song there. So she's singing and she's like, stop, she's not doing anything. Like, <laughs> And it's a Ooh. funny clip. And when I watched it, I might have been stoned, but I started tearing up. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in too deep. Like, why am I tearing up right now? Interesting. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm in too deep. I need to listen to other music. So I've been trying to listen I've- to other music besides just Taylor Swift. That really affected you. <laughs> I just think I was, I'm in too deep now. I'm like becoming a full stand. So I'm like, I need to back up a little. Other, Raise your hand if you were scared. <laughs> other Me people, too. <laughs> like I, I love other music and I can listen to it too. <laughs> you are into deep. I've been there. I've been there. Not, not exactly, but a little bit. Oh. Okay, I'm going to end it, but I do have one media that I want to shit on, and I want to shit on it now before I forget to shit on it. Oh, okay. So, someone who's not going to be named. This person recommended me uh, YouTube for people to watch. Mm-hmm. And that, those people were very misogynistic. Very... I just... Like, I was watching them, and I'm like, oh, this ain't the vibe I'm looking for. And I was like, why would this person recommend this? It's horrible. And that channel was Abba and Preach. And it's just such a horrible shit thing. And I don't know. I just feel like sometimes they do mock outrage. And 
it's just, I don't know, just the misogynistic wasn't working. And I, I, I really tried to go in with an open mind, but it was not working for me. Interesting. But that's my media that I want to shit on. <sighs> How do you feel about them? Well, so I have this thing I do. I like to get information from, uh, when it comes to different subjects, I like to get information from different people and I like to get uh, information and perspectives from different people. Just to give you an example, before I knew how truly terrible of, of a person he was, I used to watch the Joe Button podcast. Let's say like, um, this is after, maybe they had been doing it for like a year and it was when he still had Rory and Mal on there. If people have watched Joe Button's podcast, you know what I'm talking about. Because they used to talk about a lot of music stuff, a lot of musicians and rappers and stuff, a lot of people who I listened to and how I was interested in. And I like to see that I like to see their perspectives, whether it became to their new music, their albums, what they were doing online, whatever. I like to get their perspective to either be like, eh, I'm not feeling that or interesting. I didn't look at it from that way. And um, I kind of fell into the same with uh, Abra, Abba and Preach and kind of H3H3 for a time. And um, there's one more person, but I cannot remember their name. Um, but I, I watch them and I listen to them a lot. Sometimes I, I agree with Abba and Preach and uh, uh, H3H3. And then sometimes I feel like, okay, you're going down a road that is not that that that's it's not helpful for both and so i kind of feel i i understand how people would not like abba and preach i understand how people would not like uh ethan and h3h3 uh but i can respect their i can respect what they have to say their perspectives and still like leave it so i like to watch a lot but except for like fox news i i sometimes i don't go too far I used to but watch Fox News. I, I can't. Sometimes Just to piss myself off. Yeah, they piss me off too much. It's their rhetoric, uh -huh. uh, their logic sometimes doesn't connect or make sense, and it just pisses me off. But for the YouTube people, I can kind of, I can kind of understand what they're saying, or I just like to hear what they're saying. But I, I definitely understand how Abba and Preach specifically do veer into that whole like you're being contrary for contrarians, contrary sake. Like, you don't see, you're kind of being obtuse. But then I think sometimes they're right on the money. I don't I, know. I can see where you're coming from that. Because I remember they had, like, a disagreement, Fresh and Fit. And after you, I mean, after someone recommended them to me, I. <laughs> you are fucking <laughs> hilarious. I, I looked into them, like, because I'm like, oh, yeah, they hate Fresh and Fit. They. I there you go. This person's stamp of approval. I'm gonna listen to them. And then I think what really got me was I was watching, I forget what it was about, but they were talking about something, and I had watched like the original clip of what they were talking about. And then the way they edited it, it like made it like a totally different clip. I'm like, oh, that's like definitely sketch. Mm, yeah. That's the problem with watching people's clips that they edited on their new YouTube video. If you don't go back and watch the original thing, you can 
you can either skew towards what they're saying or you've missed the context completely. I do agree with that. I, yeah. That's why it's always like if if you are like me or Jose or anybody else who listens to these commentary channels, listen to them, watch them, but always make sure like you are watching their original content to make sure that you are getting the full picture. Because a lot of people are just so lazy and just take somebody else's word for it and start to share and um, share and agree with somebody's opinion. But you've missed maybe like half of what was being talked about originally. So you always have to like try to put in your own work to make sure that you're understanding everything and that you're not fully just being a yes man to your favorite YouTuber, your favorite content creator. Accept us. You got to believe us. Don't look elsewhere. Don't you ever check our goddamn <laughs> sources. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's end this. It's been wonderful. If yeah. you want to reach out. Oh, before we end it, thank you so much, Christina and Trisha, for both writing in today. Yes, we appreciate you greatly. Greatly. Um, if you want to reach out to us, our email is saveyoursorry at gmail.com. So is our Instagram, saveyoursorry. The Twitter is save you are sorry. That is all of them. It's been wonderful. We'll be back next week. Another horrible person. Bye. See ya.